Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we talk about world building and creative writing. My name's Jordan. It was clunky. <laughs> Don't even just say your name. Just say your name. Just say your name. It doesn't matter. I want you to live in your own failure for a minute. My name is Cody. Oh, God, how are you doing, Cody? Jordan, I got some things I want to talk about. Okay. The first one is, as a, like a disclaimer on this episode, if I seem lethargic or <laughs> right. uh, vacant... It is because I'm very sleepy yeah. and my whole family has been sick for two weeks. It wasn't COVID. Turns out just getting a cold or the flu sucks. We always forget that those things still exist. <laughs> still just happen to you randomly. Yeah. yeah, yeah they so still exist. anyways, um, so there's like, I think there's like three things that I want to talk to you about that aren't Elden Ring. And we that can, I know yeah, we need we to have save like an the Elden, Elden Ring, Ring review. Like at, at the end of the yeah. conversation. So first thing I want to talk to you about is I've seen two movies recently that I got to suggest to you. Oh, really? The first one, yeah, is like, these are old movies, just uh, so you know, so like, caveat, okay. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one is My Dinner with Andre, which is a fantastic movie written by, um, oh gosh, what is his name? I don't know. Cody, you're Have you seen to Princess know. Bride? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about um, Andre the Giant? Documentary? No. Oh. No, 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 no. Um, Sorry. Uh, Wallace yeah. Shawn, who plays Vicini, has dinner yeah, oh. with a friend named Andre. And I believe that like the guys that the, Wallace Shawn and a guy named Andre wrote and starred in this movie okay. that they wrote and directed yeah. there they wrote Andre and acted um, in Gregory. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just those two actual people wrote a script of them having dinner and talking about life in post-modernity and it is a fascinating movie to sit and watch two very different people trying to make sense of what it is to live in modernity as artists or post-modernity kind of um i find it to be an immediately gripping and fascinating conversation where it's it's difficult to describe what i love about it i think that it is a especially so wallace sean is like kind of a horrible actor in it on purpose like he's comes off as this kind of like he's like this boring uninteresting like boorish um maybe pedestrian man who has dinner with like a weird Artur who's Andre um this guy who like flies off into the wilderness to try to have life experiences and they both just talk about trying to find meaning within those things but I just find it to be an immediately compelling movie. It's one of those things like once both of them start talking, I'm just like glued to my seat, staring at good dialogue and listening to someone deliver lines like a professional. So it's, it's a weird movie. It's two hours of what? Uh, there is nothing just else. Sitting at dinner. Yeah, just sitting at dinner. It's just dinner. watching two kind of boring guys sit and eat dinner together. But I love it. It's one of those like perfect movie kind of you should watch it. It's yeah, fantastic. I'll. I'll, I'll I'll get there, but you suggest these movies knowing my taste, and you're like, oh yeah, and but you you never suggest them in a way where it's like they sound interesting. You're like, oh yeah, it's these two boring men sitting at dinner being boring, and I'm just like, you could at least add something that would draw me into this. You don't have being to, I someone who has ever tried to do something creatively. I think it is valuable to sit and go, what is the point? What are we trying to do? And is it possible to ever communicate sincerely with another there human given the world that we live in? There you go. That's it that's is, the hook. This is how you tell me things, Cody. That's it the is hook. Kind of an unbelievably grim movie or in a way. There you go. Like, another hook. I love unbelievably grim stuff. There you go, Cody. This is how you talk to me. <laughs> the person who comes off as the most intelligent and eloquent and worldly, this like Aristotelian 
Yeah. Um, you know, like Wonder Child is Andre, who is profoundly miserable and just very eloquently describes like the kind of like social death of misery i I don't know the right way to put this it is watching society try to handle its own misery is sad and miserable for him like and the way he describes it is very poignant and gripping so that's why i was hooked on it immediately i think looking at like quick look apparently they also made it a stage play i would love to see a stage play like this uh yeah yeah it's it's shot like almost yeah y- you look yeah, at it and go yeah this could be a stage play because yeah, there'd be one table I think and that's one how waiter they wrote it but anyways yeah. what's the other thing you got three things uh, the other one similar uh also was a stage play but there is i believe a movie of it that came out in the 50s called 12 angry men yes i know uh, exactly i know this i've seen oh have you seen it? it parts of it yeah, oh it's so good it very it's- good yeah. so good that's one of the ones man i turned it on and my brother was like you should watch this and i like turned it on i was just like immediately sold immediately sold by what i love about it is watching fools try to explain themselves um, also yeah i didn't see the stage play but like they would always advertise to a stage play on tv when it was coming through um and so for people that don't know um the premise of the movie is it's a jury that's mm-hmm. sitting and trying to decide whether to convict a young man of murder. Um, and the initial vote around the table is 11 people vote guilty. One person votes not guilty. And they say, why? And he basically just says, we're deciding to kill a man. I think we should talk about it. You know? Yeah. And also that him being the last person to raise his hand is basically going, I, me, am literally killing that person. Like, yes, yeah. he was the last person to raise his hand. <laughs> me raising my hand means I am killing that person. Um, but it's one of those things that's difficult to get across in dialogue is the way people actually speak and remember things because you don't see the trial. So you just hear people talk about what they saw in the trial and how inaccurate and corrupted and um, biased all of those views are on what they even saw in the trial. They can't even agree on that. And um, the reasoning for why you would convict someone of murder and what that means, it's one of those... I was talking to my brother about it, and I said, it's one of those things, like, as soon as you start it, you know what the end is going to be. And it's kind of almost the exact opposite of My Dinner with Andre. It is a story about finding worth Mm -hmm. in humanity, in being a human and treating each other with dignity, having value, that it is worth our time to sit here and go through this and find human dignity in someone who we maybe think doesn't deserve it. And to me the the selling point of it and i I don't want to like give away a spoiler here for to me like kind of what the most like the best punch of the movie is is that that is carried through all the way to the end that this guy that initially said like let's just talk about this and actually figure it out like he maintains that love and um respect for human dignity all the way through to the end even in the face of people that very much don't deserve it um, and I find that to be so admirable. And it's, it was weird that I watched these movies back to back and they could not be more different. Yeah. Like one is about we can reach each other. We can understand each other. And human dignity is worth preserving and that there is a way to find it. And even broken or vile men. And the other one is like every attempt at communication is ultimately meaningless and it is impossible for people to wake up out of their own comfort (laughs) very opposite movies both of them just like plays basically that were filmed just 
two people in a room having dialogue, but man, immediately gripping, immediately fascinating. And also like, it's interesting when you, when you look at these as like, you talk about aspirational characters, people that you look at and go, I want to be like that person, you know, and the characters don't have names. They're all just called jurors. So like whatever, it's like juror seven that doesn't, that votes not guilty initially. Like the way he gets everyone on board goes through so slowly and calmly and he like never loses his cool. He never takes an opinion too strongly. He manages to get everyone there by just going, let's just talk about it again. Let's go through it one more time. Are we really sure? Can we really be positive? And you know, he's manipulating the situation. There's like the one spoiler I'll give is there's like this huge crux of the case is the kid who was accused of stabbing his father. It's the person who's accused of murder. Like he did it with a switchblade and it was this weird switchblade that he bought it from a pawn shop. The guy remembers selling it to him and not a single one exists. And the guy's like, okay, go get the switchblade and bring it in. And they stick it in the table and they're like, look at how weird it's got carvings all over it. It's like got dragons on it. And it's like a kind of like a swirly blade. And they're like, look, I've never seen a knife like this before. And he just reaches into his pocket, pulls out the exact same knife and stabs it in the table next to it. And he's like, I bought that from a pawn shop two blocks from where the kid lives. And it's like indistinguishable from the one that is like, we've never seen like this before. He's like, I just took a walk and bought this. He's like, are we really sure that because he a unique weapon was used that it's impossible that two people have it? Because I had one in my pocket today. Yeah. Um, but it's just all these little moments. It's so it's very contrived and like, well, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. It comes across like a play. This is kind of what I was saying about um, Midnight Mass, where ah, yeah. there are parts of that that come across stilted and like people delivering monologues in a way that normally people don't. And that happens in this, where there are those like scripted moments of monologuing, right, about something. But then there are, they buy those moments with a lot of people just being petulant at each other for no reason. Like everyone gets their feeling hurts over these little slights. It's like a room full of 12 adults that immediately act like children and all get on each other's nerves. They all just want to leave. And it's like, oh, it's so good. They like, it balances that. Like they have the grandstand moments. They balance it with very humanizing things where you can really recognize people, you know, in these characters. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Just loved it. Loved it. Cool. What's the third thing, Goody? Okay. Third thing. I know we want to talk about Elden Ring. Here we go. Armor Core. Have you played Armor Core? Yes, we've talked about Ar- Armor Core is the from software game, right? Yes, it is. And okay, man, yes. every time I play it, I started playing it because my kid was sick and it's a game with robots and we could just oh, sit yeah, on the couch did. and play that yeah. and he was chill. But it's so much of that game, boy, just immediately comes across in uh in Dark Souls. There there's a there's a group like a you get a job from a faction called Dark Soul. Which ah, I found hilarious. Ah, that's fun. That's <laughs> like, really I'm just like, fun. It's been yeah, I'm just so like, long since I've played that game, though. I'm just like casually clicking through the game, and then all of a sudden it's like, mission from Dark Soul. <laughs> I'm like, ha, 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 these nerds. I love that. I, I absolutely um, love like that small little like shout out from a, <laughs> the, the first game that came out from them. That's great. Yeah. And when, then when the, from software was a no no name nothing company. Well, and the, I was trying to explain to someone like why they're similar to me. It's like it's a game that happens radially, not linearly. Yeah. And I'm like, what I mean by that is you are always meant to be moving sideways yeah. because like the try butthole that works in Armor Core is like get around behind your enemy and shoot them in the back. That's your best move. That's why I was bad at the game. But there's, like, that huge exchange of, like, weight versus maneuverability. It's a game that happens in a circle. You kind of lock and strafe. The locking is less 
locked on. You have to like move windows yeah, so the controls are a little done bit different. Back in like early two thousands, <laughs> I will say no. Before that, it was on PlayStation One. Before there were DualShock oh, then controllers. I only, I only played the um, PlayStation Two one. Oh yeah, Armor Core One. You have a D pad, and then you strafe with triggers, and you look up and down with triggers, and you can fly in this game. And what I did is yeah, I no remapped all of that to where it was dual sticks and shooting was on the triggers. Nice. And it was like I became immediate death once I had it to where it drove like a regular video game. 97. Dang. Yeah, it's old. It's yeah, old. I, but I, it's yeah, fun I for a game of that age. The, um, PlayStation 2 ones. I've never played the original. I've never played the PlayStation 2 ones. I'm excited. I'm going to like beat Armor Core 1 and then play Armor Core for the, I think it's 4. Yeah. No, two. Armor Core two, 2 is on PlayStation yeah, 2. It's, it's 2 yeah. through, I think, like 4 or 5, something like that. I think 4 was on the Xbox 360. No, 5 was on the Xbox 360, and there is rumors that there might be a 6 uh, coming out soon. I mean, they should. That will be really fun, like, after it would ring to go back to robots again. That'd be cool. Oh, man. And there's. It's just. It, it's like a breath of fresh okay, it, it's it, What? We need to talk about all the Okay, so talk to me about Elden Ring. How you okay, so Co- so last time we talked, Cody, I I literally said that I had just got to the starting area. Like, oh, you're in the starting area, so you have you beat Margit? It's like no, I have not even fought Margit yet. I would like, say I have- Margit is your like way out of the starting area. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I haven't even like I just got the first map fragment, and that's all I've done. So let me tell you a little of what I have been doing. Um, it's anything but the main pathing. Um, <laughs> so I I just recently um went underground to the Soifra River and fought a giant ghost deer. Um, I fought these like freaking minotaurs who could all one-shot me with their arrows because I am basically glass cannon running this right now where it's like all my magic spells are great and I like up to get them like to be able to use Moonveil. And so like, yeah, I'm getting killed by everything. What what spells are you like using right now? Rock Sling, baby. Rock Sling and Glintstone. I use Glintstone Pebble so much because it uses so little magic. So little, I can do more so damage. So quick and it does a lot of damage. But Rock Sling, man. Rock Sling. Rock Sling can stagger. Too, I, destroy, awesome. I beat the Magma Worm because of Rock Sling. That, like, because I kept staggering. And then instead of doing, like, the, like, critical hit, I just kept using, um, freaking Rock Sling because it does so much damage. Yeah. When all three, yeah. like, if it's something's down and all three rocks hit, it does so much damage. It does. Yeah. Well, that, that is the downside of Rock Sling is you. You have to land those hits in yes. a way that you don't for some of the other ones. Yeah, if you have um, a fast opponent, Glintstone all the way, but Rocks. But so so I did that stuff, and then I like I I explored a little bit of Kaled, fought some giants in Kaled. I um went back to the starting area because I found two of those stone keys and I opened up that door. So I'm in the starting area, like very, very starting area where that like fog. Oh yeah, was. what's back there? I don't actually know um, what's the, there. It's it's a hero's tomb and there's like, you have to run down this path and there's a freaking chariot that will run you over so you have to like plan your um like path the whole time. It's really fun. Um, And so then I was like running around this one area and I fought like this weird ferryman who's over there like drifting in his boat. Yeah, he's, that he's, guy like, was cool. Like, that was drifting, a fun boss like, That's fight. a fun boss and I mean Look, the horse makes all these bosses easy because I could just run around all the zombies, hit him with rock sling, run back around, hit him with rocks because he doesn't attack. He's just like very hard to get to. Oh, he does like a yeah, because you attack. can lead, you can lead him off, you can lead the spearman off, then just run back and be like rock sling, rock sling, rock sling, rock sling. 
I, I love, oh, and then I went back and I beat the dragon in the starting area. I did that too. Did you do it on the horse? Yep, did it on the horse. Did that did not feel so it epic? Made me, I it didn't made do it with Roxling. So, I did it with my sword. <laughs> it made me so mad because then the dragon glitched up the side of the cliff. And then, he did that to me too. I think that's intentional. Leave, and then he just started spilling fire again and again. So I had to like hit him with one thing to knock him. And then he climbed back down the cliff. And then I wasted like because he was out of range. I wasted all of my magic. So I had to like do the last few blows with Moonveil. I was like, okay, fine, let's go, Torrent. Oh, do you are you using Moonveil Katana right now? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, it's pretty powerful. Gotcha. What's its uh? What's its Ash or its Ash of War or whatever? Um, it's like like moon. It's like it's like a moon strike where you do like a magic strike with it. Oh, okay. So it's like one more slash or like yeah, yeah. Fancy it's, slash. It's, it's like a magic. It's, yeah, it's a, like a magic like area slash. It's pretty cool. Gotcha. Yeah, the, but uh, it's great. This game is does the same thing for me that Breath of the Wild did for me, and same thing that kind yeah. of Horizon. Horizon has like way more of a story, and I'll talk really quick about Horizon in a second. But like. I can look at the map, see, oh, what the heck's over there? Go over there and just find, discover things. Or be like, oh, yeah, that one door requires stone keys. I could go back and see what this is and be in a dungeon. Or you can, like, see a little hole on the map and you go down and you find the dungeon. You fight a boss or maybe you'll just find an item. It's so much exploring that I completely forgot there was a main pathing in this game. <laughs> and it's just I, like, oh yeah, Mar- Margit's over there doing like, oh yes. And like, and I was like, nah, torrent, let's go. So for the most part, I'm trying not to spoil the game too much for myself. The exception to that is I am a little bit helping myself with the build, which yes, I do that, not that's, regret that's doing. What I do. Except for so, when I first started, I never, I didn't even know what a build was. I was like, I'll just, freaking grab a sword and hit things well well you mean like the first time you played a yeah, soulsborne first, game yeah, the first yeah time, i had yeah. no clue and then when i played demon souls i specifically followed a build thing yeah, yeah. and i'm not like uh, following exactly a build thing like word for word but there's like items i know i want specifically it was the glintstone sword or the lazuli glintstone sword i want which the you kind of you have to get the frick all the way across the map to get this sword. It's way in the middle of nowhere, and you have to, like, farm wizards to get it. But what's cool about it is it's um, Ash of War is just like a glintstone shot, like glintstone pebble. Um, but then if you immediately do a power attack afterwards, you do a thrust that just does an insane amount of damage, and it scales S with intelligence, and it has very low stat requirements. So I didn't... So the reason I didn't do Moonstone, or the Moon Moonvale Moon Katana... Yeah, is the dex requirement? It was. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have had to pump I, my dex went, a little bit. I, like I changed my build so much just to use a sword. I like I have a twelve strength and an eighteen dex now, which I yeah. don't as a like. But I know later you can respec. So it's like I'm not too. So when I find a better weapon, I will just respec and yeah, just, like, change right. my build back to being um soul magic. But right now, right, like, I need because I wanted something because like. Just being a magic user, if someone gets up in your face, you're screwed. And my whole thing is, if I yeah. get hit more than once, I'm dead. Regardless of the thing, I get have I two am... hits on me. So I want to be able to take a hit and then be able to fend this guy off of the sword and then go heal. Yeah, I'm doing okay on health. Like, I'm spending not an insignificant amount on vitality. I think I did, like, oh. two vitality so far is all I've done. Oh, no, I've done way more I've, than that. I've got nothing. I, like, literally those um, archers in the Soifer River one shot me oh they if did I, me too no they're yeah, if ridiculous I hit, if i get hit <laughs> by them i am immediately dead. they they are stupid the other thing that i hunted down was a helmet that gives me four intelligence 
Um, it is the stupidest looking helmet in the game. It's very is dumb that the looking. One with the four heads on it. Yeah, that's yep. what everybody's. I I know because every magic user uses that. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm gonna be using that dumb head. It's it's a pain to get. It's a lot. It's not really a pain. You just you do have to advance the story a certain amount. You have to get yeah. through a boss, and then yeah. it, there's like 15 minutes of parkouring to get to like a random crab that has it as an item. It drops, you know. Um, but it is it, it's it's you know if you have yeah. stuff that scales S with intelligence, bumping your intelligence I, four levels because of a hat is pretty nice. I, I I like this game a lot. It's honestly to me, it's one of the best um souls warrens games period yeah yeah i love how diverse all of the bosses are like they are not they're not very cookie cutter at all you know like the weird boat boss 20 of them yeah there's tons like you just keep finding them and they're all different like i've seen like maybe one copycat oh yeah no some yeah of course some of them repeat there's like maybe like certain bosses there's like two or three of them but like it's to the point where it's like there's enough in the game where that's not a problem to me because that's a thing that exists in like all RPG games. Yeah. Find yeah. A stronger version of the same boss later, or just as a regular enemy. And that's fine. And I, I just, yeah, like no, I game. don't have a problem it's a with lot it. Of exploring. It's just, it's been relaxing. So I've been going back and forth between this and horizon. And I like horizon. Don't get me wrong. There's some things that they change and some things with like, some of the traversing is a little bit clunkier than the first game, which doesn't make sense to me because you would Oh, in Horizon? Yeah, you would think some oh. of the traversing would be easier in the second game. But it, some, of it, some of it has like gotten to a point where it's like, okay, I need to stop playing this game because I'm getting mad at something I want to like. And But but like, I, I like Horizon. I like the story so far. I like the story missions. I like the like side missions and things that you can do in between. That's all cool stuff. But... Elden Ring definitely does like the I just want to relax and just play something like that. And That's I just want to get that like dopamine yeah. thing where I just run around and do stuff. I don't want to Oh god, the thing that made me so mad at Horizon. So the thing that you had talked about like liking about Horizon when you played it was that you can do like you can do fight the enemies and like do things however you want and like it, the game never focus you you into a certain point to do it the way it wants you to do well getting very nervous (laughs) they did that to me at one part it's only a side it was only a side mission but they forced me to do the thing the way they was like oh it goes hey i should get a strider so i can like so you're supposed sorry let me start over you're supposed to hunt um certain machines lance horns to get this i like to get these items for like a salvager to make you an armor and it's like okay and so it literally goes oh i should get a uh basically says i should get a mount so i can like fight these things these are like okay well they're all grouped up here so i can just stealth kill them and like and that's gonna be easier than getting on the like going all the way out of my way because the freaking mounts are so far and few between so i have to go out of my way get the mount and then come back and like no no i'm just gonna stealth them and so i'm hiding and like sneaking down and literally hiding in the red grass that means you're hidden and they immediately see me and they run away and i'm like oh so the game clearly wants me to get on this thing and chase them down and then I was like, okay, well, I'll, I can still literally run by foot, and I have a bow, and my longbow is really good, so I can get them from far. So I hit them a couple of times, and finally they stop in an area and they're grazing. I am behind a rock. I cannot see them, but then the alert thing goes off, and they run again. And it's like, so I couldn't see them. How did they see me? This game is trying to make me do it your way. I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way. 
because yeah. that's what this game is supposed to be a uh, open world for you to play and do it how you want to don't tell me how to play the game <laughs> well you know and that was the thing in in uh the first one that it's like a side quest chain that i never did where you would like go into these arenas and have to kill monsters and or kill the robots in a certain way like yeah the, the hunting use gun. rockfall or whatever i never did those because it was immediately like you have to use rockfall and i'm like i could do this without using the rocks like See, can i just use my bow because that's a specific challenge rather than just a random side quest oh i get what you mean i just didn't even like that yeah <laughs> like, it's like and i, and I get and I'm like I understand because they're like, oh, yeah, you get, get these challenge points and you do this. And there was one of those places that you're talking about that I, I literally didn't even go to because I'm like, I'm already annoyed that you made me do it a certain way. I just want to play this game and have fun. I don't want to feel like I'm being shoehorned to do what you want me to do. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so, so that was the thing. That, I mean, that's like the thing that I like about Elden Ring because there's literally no way to play the game. Like you can do. Yeah. And every boss can be beat. You can just figure out a way to do it. You can summon people. You can do magic. You can do solo melee. You can add um, like certain like graces to your swords. You can do whatever. And that's what I like is to just be set in a world and just have like an hour to just do whatever I want. Well, and that's, that's like the, the thing only that time I get to just do whatever I want is in this. What's it called? Game. Um. You know, like, The Witcher kind of tried to do that, where they're like, oh, you can put, like, oils on your blades and stuff, but they made you do it, you know? Like, if in Elden Ring you find out, like, oh, this type of enemy, I need this type of grease on my sword, and it becomes a lot easier to kill, you can... I, what I like about Elden Ring is you can then go and farm all the equipment to make that grease and make 50 of them. Or and then you, you can not do it and just fight the yeah. boss anyways. Or you can summon jellyfish and throw rocks at them. That's also an option, you know? Yeah, it's fine. And that's what I that's what I like is we're gonna do all these huge open world games. I would like to have the freedom that they tell me I have. Yeah, right, right. And I think Elden Ring does a great job of like, yeah, one, you don't have to do the story in any particular order. You can skip Margit altogether. Um, there's a there's a sneaky way around that. If you just explore the map enough, you find a back door around Margit, and you just don't have to fight Margit. <laughs> you know, that's kind of fun. Yeah, and I don't know. I just like we we spend all these times making these gigantic games. They're so huge, and like I only get like an hour or two to like sit down and really play these things. And like this weekend was the first time I got a little bit more time, and like I was able to play Elden Ring and do whatever the heck, and that was fun. That's very fun to just be able to just get lost for like an hour and not like have something like shoot like telling me i have to go start the lands like because right yeah i don't have time to do like a hundred cutscenes and do like a big story mission i just have time to go fight an ancestral bone deer and then get shot in the back with an arrow and immediately die that's the time i had that was f- more fun than being told how to hunt lance horns what was great in elden ring is i got to a cutscene and it played the cutscene and i didn't have to click on nothing there was no, oh, it just yeah, I, played I, I a cutscene. The, mo- the more I play Horizon, the more I definitely am agreeing with what you said when you played the first one. You just want to put down the controller and eat your Cheetos, no, or I want to actually be playing the game. And eat. It's like, I just want to play, and I don't want to have to like have a real-life conversation. Like This conversation is lasting like as long as a real-life conversation happens. It's like, I don't want to have a real-life conversation. I yeah, just it's just want more to boring and stilted. Like, yeah. I just want to shoot a robot 
in the back legs, make it fall over, then run up and stab it in the head. That's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want this robot, and then I want to grab all the parts off the robot, run away, and make some cool armor, and then run back, shoot another robot in the back leg, run up, and stab it in the head. <laughs> That's all I like. It's like, is that so hard? Why do I have to talk about like, oh yes, well my tribe doesn't accept me. It's like no one accepts anybody, man. Just <laughs> no one accepts anybody. Just climb up the mountain, get your like freaking gold, show them that you're better than them, because I know that's what this whole mission's about, and then we can go about our merry way. I don't need to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like I like Horizon, but there are things that annoy me, but I still like a great game. Either yeah, way. no, that's that's what I I think I messaged Zach. Did I message you or Zach when Zach, I started playing yeah, Elden Ring? Oh, so I was messaged Zach when I started playing Elden Ring. I'm like, it really must be embarrassing to be other game devs right now <laughs> that aren't. Well, that from was software. the thing is Horizon came out the week before Elden Ring. And it's like, why would you do that to yourselves? You know that the Souls Born series is literally like hailed as one of the best game series. Period. And this game has been people have been dying for this game for like since the announcement a few years when, yeah. yeah they announced it when we were doing the show and we talked about how excited we were for this game and they still released it the week right before Elden Ring yeah I mean it's a big move it's a it's a bold move but yeah man it was just like immediate I started playing Elden Ring and I was like five seconds in I'm like oh this game's fantastic like, yeah yeah oh you did text me like as you played it's like this is such a great game it's like yeah dude I know I can well, I've been watching boss fight videos for the last like since it came out and I'm so excited. The little sub bosses are a fantastic idea because they made easier bosses that are a lot more frequent. And that's a great idea because, you know, you spawn, you go and find this random boss and it's like not that hard, but it's enough of a challenge. So it's like if you don't want to spend four hours grinding through figuring out how to fight a boss, it's like but that, here's a dude the, with a sword. The, you can figure it out. Here's a weird flying cat monster. You'll well, figure it out. You know, well, it's technically a dog, but. <laughs> Yeah, but it looks like a cat, though. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's called a dog, but it looks yeah, like it's a cat. The, yeah, I know, knew exactly what you were talking about. But like, that's the thing that Sekiro had. It had a ton of little mini bosses, and that. But that's the thing that you go to these games for is to fight these cool boss, have cool boss fights. Like, there's some games that have a bunch of mini bosses, but they're all the same thing over and over again. Final Fantasy, yeah. I'm looking at you. But you give well, like and honestly, need... Breath of the Wild too. Like yeah. there were like four bosses in Breath of like four types of like challenging boss enemies that you could fight. There was like the big rock guys, the troll guys, and the horse guys. And yep. you'd see like fifty of those. I'm like, every time I go in a dungeon, it's a completely different boss with different mechanics. They're not that hard to figure out, but it is a different fight that you have to approach differently. You yeah, know, and, and but that's like the point of Soulsborne's games to fight these larger than life bosses or these things that are challenging, so you yeah. can test yourself. And it's just, I don't know. It's well, I think like, it's the per it's a perfect game for me. It's not. Some people don't agree with the Souls, but it's the perfect game for me. Where it's like I like the challenge. It's never because of magic. It's never too challenging. But also, that's wow. the other thing, is one, like, with RPGs, is to, like, get these awesome powers where you're just slaying things and being, like, this cool, like, suit, because it's, like, a power fantasy thing. Yes, I will say, video games are a power fantasy thing. And then the other is to fight these larger-than-life things, and it does both, where, like, you can get, even if you're soul, me soul, me soul melee build, you get all these cool weapons, and, like, you feel awesome with these cool legendary weapons, or you can get really cool magic attacks, or you can summon some awesome, like, gigantic things to fight. It's all... 
Yeah, just the a cool power fantasy. That's the all summoning ashes is fantastic. Like it really changes the the way that you can just do that by yourself changes like every boss fight. Because like there, there was this one where there was like an invisible like slug that you had to kill while it was summoning enemies at you, and I was like struggling with it for a while. Then I'm like, oh, I'll just summon summon two spearmen that'll tie up the guy that never dies, and I can just run around and find this jellyfish. Like, can you use and it works summon perfect. more than once, or can you only use it once? Have you have you used a lot of the summons? I've only used like the, the ashes because I didn't realize I had more summons than that. Then I looked oh. at the menu and I have like seven. I'm like, what? One, you can upgrade them, which is worth doing. Yeah, I need to go talk to the chick. Two, if you summon them, I don't know if this is just because I upgraded them. Mine respawn by themselves. Like they get killed and that then they respawn and no, they get no, killed and then they just come back. And I'm like, that's awesome. So I just summon them one time at the beginning of a fight and they'll get knocked down and they're down for a while. But it does mean that just perpetually I can, like, oh, I'm getting haggard, like, just kind of strafe around behind my skeletons and, like, drink a potion. We gotta go, we gotta go to the show. We could talk about this po- uh, this game all freaking night. So good. It's, it's so such good. a good game, and I'm very happy that I um, wasted my money and bought the collector's edition. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is, I've, like, I've watched the videos, like, this is going to be a game that I'm really going to get into, buying the collector's edition. And I have the little <laughs> statue of, um, what's her name, and it's great. The, the 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 hot witch no no the um lady with the prosthetic arm and leg um melania or something she's like i don't know who that is yeah she was shown in like the opening credits of like the long hair and like the helmet that covers most of her face oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah i know what you're talking about i didn't realize she had a prosthetic arm yeah, yeah. that was in the trailers cody come on anyways you ready to i get didn't to the watch show? the trailer that what much. Are we, i'm ready man what are we doing this week cody why do you keep doing this? We're doing okay, the same fine, thing we do every do, week. Okay, we're telling yes. stories. We're, we're, we're Roll the our... dice. Yeah. I'm trying to be a host, Cody. Yeah? And I'm actually very good at my job, okay? Okay. Okay, I'm trying to find a better dice because the dice I was about to roll is like one of my worst dice. I think it's just, I think there might be an air bubble in it because it only lands on very low numbers all the time. <laughs> like, it is, it's to the point where it's not like bad luck. It's like, I think this actually might be a faulty die. You can do the, apparently the trick is you sit it facing 20 up and then you bake it in the oven at a low heat. Oh, and, then and then like they'll sink back down. Yeah, I, I guess okay. this is what I've been told if you want to figure out how to trick um, dice. Okay, I got a 16. I got a 10. Oh, gosh darn it. You know, I actually don't like going first. I, know I do I like going about winning, first. but I don't like going first. So we're doing we're continuing our story series. If, like if you listen to this show regularly, I'm not going to explain like what my story is about, but um, I'm hey, continuing. Jordan. I So I stopped in the middle of a chapter. Hey, Jordan. hey, what? Do you just want me to lie and say that I rolled higher than you so I can go no. first? Anyways, sure? I stopped in the middle of a chapter, and I'm picking up right where I had stopped. So what happened is um, Nate and Danny went to the um, no-name hospital in order to get their new mission. And um, basically, there was a young girl who was hurt by a monster, and she has pictures of the monster, and they're going off to see really what happened so they can kind of scope out what they're going to be doing on this mission. So they're headed to talk to this young girl, and that's literally where I start is where they are about to open the door and start talking. Anyways. Here is my story. This is um, No Name, Wishes and Monsters, Chapter 16, Part 2. And I know the chapters won't line up anymore because I've been doing a lot of editing on this story since I want to publish it. So this is technically supposed to be Chapter 13. (laughs) All right. Okay, Chapter 13, Part 2. Nate waited for me at the open door, then peeked their head in. I looked along with them, 
Sitting in the hospital bed in the middle of the room was a young girl with unnaturally black dyed hair that fell over one eye. It was like she was trying to relive the emo look of the early 2000s. Part of her bangs were pinned up with two white hair clips to reveal one of her big green eyes and her pale skin. She was wearing a red hoodie over her hospital gown and staring intently at a black camera. Her left hand was bound up in a pale blue cast that went up to her elbow, and the camera was resting in the part of her hand that wasn't covered. I didn't know too much about cameras, but this one looked like the ones on the professional level. She didn't notice us standing at the door. She brushed her she brushed her hair back behind her pierced ears with her hand that wasn't broken as she continued looking through the pictures she took. Hey, can we come in? Nate called into the doorway after knocking on the open door lightly. Huh? Jane shifted up and barely had time to give a confused look before Nate walked into the room. I followed suit and stood next to Nate at the foot of Jane's bed. Who are you guys? You weren't with that weird guy from earlier, are you? Jane asked frantically. She looked like she was going to try and run out of the room if we got any closer. Kinda, Nate said, shrugging, and I noticed Jane grip her camera tighter. I am Danny Victory, and this is my partner, Nate Benton. I looked over at Nate to get permission before continuing. Hang on. Yes. Hang on. Yes. I, I'm, like, really worried that I just missed something somewhere in your story. Do you actually, Did you name a character Danny Victory? Yeah, his name has always been Danny Victory from the very beginning of the story. You're lying, right? That's No, lying. that is from the very beginning of the story. His name was Daniel Victory from the very first <laughs> chapter. I never noticed that before? The, like, literally, the it, even, I think, all the way in the, like, when I did the redo chapter, like, a couple weeks ago, I think I called him Danny Victory in that, too. I don't remember if I did or not. Yeah. I apparently did not notice that. He has that. always been Danny Victory. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted a fun name for him. And that was like one of the... Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, we, anyways, get, we can move on. It's I looked fine. Over at that Nate was all to I get permission to first before continuing. We are paranormal investigators. Wait, really? Jane asked with excitement. Her frantic confusion disappeared almost in- instantly. Yeah, that guy before is part of our organization, too. He's a bit stiff and bureaucratic, so you can just ignore that. I said, waving my hand through the air to signal that Jane should brush off her past interaction with Eli. We heard you ran into a bit of a monster problem and got hurt. We wanted to check in on you before we go out there to deal with it. Nate, Nate, sorry. Nate was unusually gentle. This is why I just need you to start going first more often. I freaking offered I know. to lie for you. I know, I know. I need to breathe. I'm reading too fast. I'm tripping over words. I'm just having a time. Okay. Nate was unusually gentle this time around. One thing I noticed doing these jobs with them is that they knew how to talk to different kinds of people and knew what it took to make them feel comfortable. You guys believe me? Jane yelled, vibrating with excitement. I thought she was going to jump out, jump right out of the bed. I thought she was going to jump right out of her bed. I thought when they called 911, they were going to fix my arm and put me into an asylum, like the ones you see in the horror movies. I laughed. Oh, come on. We would never do anything like that. But, but, Jane continued as if she... Sorry, this is going to be a long, long episode. I'm going to cut all this down, but this is going to be a long episode. But, but, Jane continued as, she, as if she didn't hear what I had said. I was fine. And thought I was overreacting until that business guy came in. I thought he was going to destroy my camera and erase my memories and... And then that's how I would end up in an asylum. 
I was afraid my only future would be locked in a tiny room no matter how hard I tried. Jane had loosened the grip around her camera and was looking at us. She seemed relieved that she wasn't going to end up locked away. No, no, it is... <clears throat> no, no, it was nothing like that, I explained. He doesn't want the word about our organization and other supernatural events to spread too far. After all, you are in one of our hospitals. Jane looked at me as if I had unveiled one of the secrets of the universe. That's what this place is? You guys are in a secret organization? That's why I never knew what this building was for until today? This is so cool! Okay, 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 don't erase my memories. I swear I won't blab, I swear! Jane blurted out, eyes darting between Nate and I. Slow down, slow down, Nate said, trying to calm down the enthusiastic teenager. We aren't going to erase your memory or anything like that. We are actually here to help. We aren't making this up. Danny and I are actually part of a nameless organization that hunts down paranormal activity that could cause harm. For ease of things, you can call our company No Name. Nate winked after saying that last part. I knew they were being coy, but I couldn't help but roll my eyes. No name? Got it! This is so cool! So mysterious! Are you guys going to catch my monster wolf so this doesn't keep happening? Jane said, using her free hand to point at her broken arm, and then up at her shoulder where Eli showed us she had been bit. Yeah, that's the plan. We can't let something like that simply roam through the woods. First, we need a, bit, a little bit more information, I said calmly. Okay, yeah, I'll do anything I can to help out. Jane said, then quietly said to herself, Holy shit! I get to help out monster hunters. This is a dream come true. <laughs> so, tell us what happened last night. Why were you out there by yourself? And what did you see before, well, before you got attacked? Nate asked, top-loading all of the questions to match Jane's energy. They pulled out a small notebook from their back pocket and, and a pen to write. I knew Nate wasn't actually going to take notes, but they did... Did it to look official. Jane took a deep breath, looked down at her camera, and then back at us. Well, she started off a bit unsteady and took another breath. Well, I've... I've kind of been interested in monsters and ghosts and all the paranormal things since I was really small. It was always cool to read books and stories online about all the creepy things that were happening when we weren't looking for them. When everyone else was playing sports or doing their makeup or whatever, I was looking at really cool stuff. Everyone at school always thought I was weird for it and called me Creepy Jane or other dumb stuff. But I knew deep down it was all real. Even in elementary school, they said I was demon-possessed or an alien. I had to prove it to them it was all real. I kept following stories in the news and online, like recently when that hospital thing where people said they might have seen ghost butterflies, but the news just called it a gas leak. Nate and I looked at each other. Jane was far more perceptive of things going on than I had expected. It made sense that they were so enthusiastic about us and No Name when their main interest was the paranormal. She was like me with superheroes and comics, a big nerd who got called weird for following what she liked. She was already onto us, but the passion behind her voice made sense. Ghost butterflies, huh? Sounds familiar. Nate said with a sly smile. Jane's visible eye widened and she gasped a little bit. Holy shit! Okay, that's super awesome. You're not saying that, are you? Because if so, then that means... Ugh. Well, anyways, because I am the weird one at school, I don't really have many friends. Okay, actually, I don't have any friends. They are too busy making fun of me to be my friend. 
My mom doesn't really care either. She says I should just try to fit in. She thinks I'm purposely trying to be the weird one. She told me I'm only making things hard for myself. She trailed off looking down again. I let out a small ha and then patted the end of her hospital bed. I know the feeling. It's okay. You're not weird. You're just interested in things they don't understand. Ah, thanks. Jane perked back up. So they kept telling me all this stuff was fake. And while I kept seeing on the online forums that the abandoned Park Road Elementary was super haunted, so I walked there after school to take a look, see if I could find anything to prove my point. You walked all the way there? Isn't that miles from your school? Nate asked with an impressed look on her face. I was determined, Jane answered matter-of-factly with a big smile. Nate and I laughed. When I got there, it was already pretty dark, but I saw this black goo everywhere. It looked like tar, but it was still wet and sticky. I thought maybe someone was trying to make it make the place look creepier, so I ignored it and kept walking. When I made it inside the building, I saw this black creature. I thought it was a dog at first, but it looked super creepy, so I took pictures of it. After my flash went off a few times, it turned around and slowly came towards me before giving chase. I actually got some super great pictures. This new flash I got is pretty great at night. Jane pointed to her camera bag sitting on the chair near the bed. She was overly proud of her camera. That thing was a lot faster than I thought and it pounced on me as I was exiting the school. When I fell, I felt my arm snap. I was able to fight it off with a rock and then it ran away whimpering. I would have felt bad if it didn't try to kill me first. Shit, kid. You must have been scared, Nate said. Terrified! That doesn't matter, though. This proves monsters are real. I got a good look at it, and I got some pictures. They are real. I was right the entire time. Hey, can we see those pictures? I said, trying to do what Eli couldn't. It would help us to be able to know what we were looking for. Of course, Jane said, handing her camera to me. Scroll to the right a bunch. You should be able to see everything. I took the camera from her and began to scroll. She was right. They were pretty good pictures. I held the camera between Nate and I and we looked at them together. Well, fuck, that is pretty scary, Nate said under their breath. In the pictures was a black, slimy, wolf-like creature. It looked like it had crawled out of a lake of tar, though it was made of the goo, not covered in it. Its coat looked wet and sticky, and with every step it took towards Jane, it left a black residue. Its eyes were a solid glowing bright red that looked like two jagged shattered pieces of glass that were haphazardly placed upon the wolf's head. The wolf wasn't as big as the wolves you would see at the zoo, but it was definitely big enough to be threatening. One picture was a very close-up picture of the creature. It must have been snapped after Jane fell. Its mouth was open and its jaw was lined with jagged black teeth. It seemed like the thing was black goo inside and out. I can't even begin to tell you what that thing is, I said to Nate. The look on their face showed that they were as confused as I was. We are going to have to get pretty up close and personal to get a sample of it. Well, not necessarily. Jane said it was dripping goo everywhere. We can probably pick up some samples from that, Nate said, taking the camera from my hand and looking through the pictures again. Like I said before, it's more about finding the source. Goo monsters like these don't just appear out of thin air. They have to come from somewhere. Judging by the pictures, the source is probably at the school. Yeah, and once we find that, we can get some samples, and eventually science, eventually the science team can make something to get rid of it. The only hard part will be finding and catching the wolf, I said back. Wow, you guys are the real deal. Already figuring it out. 
Jane said, bouncing with excitement again. Look, kid, we will catch this thing and make sure it doesn't hurt anyone else. But you got to promise me two things, Nate said in a serious tone. Yeah, sure. I can do anything to help you guys out. One, you will stay here and heal up. You look like you can run five miles without tiring out, but you broke your arm and got bit by this thing. I don't want you to leave until you are cleared. Got it? Nate said, sounding more like a parent than I ever thought they would. Yeah, I can do that. My mom is always... Well, my mom is at work all day, so she probably wouldn't be able to pick me up anyways, Jane said sadly. Okay, perfect, Nate said, skipping over Jane's reply. Second, I want you to promise me you won't show those pictures to anyone outside of this hospital. We don't want people to panic, and we don't want homebrew monster hunters running out there and getting hurt. Danny and I are professionals. We will handle this, okay? I'm being nice by letting you keep the pictures as a souvenir. Don't make me have to erase your memory, Nate said in a strict tone. Oh, okay, Jane said, sounding disappointed. Of course, I want to plaster the pictures all over the lockers of my boys and scream to the far voids of the internet, but I also don't want to cause you guys any trouble. I'll keep them to myself, I promise, Jane said. She was a hyperactive teenager, but something about her said that we could trust what she said. She seemed like a good kid. Nate handed the camera back to her. Good, good. We'll handle it all. You don't have to worry, Nate said. Yeah, you can count on us, I said, trying to double the confidence. Can you guys promise me one thing? Jane asked in an innocent voice, almost giving us puppy dog eyes. Yeah, what's up? I asked. Keep me filling in on the monster hunt. I want to know every single detail. It's not every day you meet people who fight monsters, Jane said, with that same smile plastered to her face. We will let you know what happens every step of the way, I said, looking at Nate for the okay. They nodded in confirmation. In the meantime, rest up, take a nap, watch some movies on TV, take a day off. Jane nodded in understanding and smiled. Good luck, guys, she called out. Nate turned and headed out the door, waving their hand by over their back over their head as they made their exit. I followed behind them after saying bye to Jane and thanking her for giving us the information. Eli was waiting for us at the end of the hall, leaning against the wall. So, how did it go? He asked when we approached him. Easy peasy, looked at the pictures. Thing is a gnarly motherfucker, but it's about the size we can handle pretty easily, Nate reported. So, what's your plan? Eli asked in a softer tone this time. He had softened up knowing we were able to get the information he wasn't. Same as we discussed before. I want to make sure we know what this thing is, just in case Jane is in danger from the bite. If that thing is there, we will bring it back. If not, we'll get it later, I said to Eli. He nodded along with what I was saying without interjecting. If that thing is there, I know Nate will have enough equipment to make sure it doesn't bother us too much. Right you are, Nate said with their usual chaotic smile. We will do everything in steps and things will be fine, I said finishing my review of the plan. All right, sounds good. I knew you two were the right ones for the job, Eli said, standing up straight and turning to leave. The best way to put Eli at ease was to create a step-by-step -step plan. It was the only way to show him that we weren't being impulsive. He may have said we were his best team, but he still hated how we handled most of our jobs. It felt like we were always falling back to plan B or C, but that was based on what I learned from the start. Even if we had a perfect plan, it could fall apart easily. 
it was better to learn how to adapt along the way rather than solely relying on plans. We did things Eli's way when he was in front of us, but as soon as he was gone, we would make our own path. That kind of attitude is probably how we ended up robbing a bank. Even at our most impulsive, we weren't jumping in headfirst without thinking. I felt like we had enough control over every job that we worked. I hoped Eli would see it that way as well. Perfect. Now it's time to hunt ourselves a monster, Nate said, cracking their knuckles and heading to the door. And that is the end of my chapter. I liked that. That was fun. Eee. I tried. It's kind of fun to see someone that's like, uh, you know... Pre-Daniel Daniel, you know? <laughs> Pre-Daniel Daniel. <laughs> like, give her five minutes, she's Daniel. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was kind of going for, for characters like someone who, like, looked up to our main characters, like, oh, yeah, it's like, this guy is doing what I want to do, and, like, kind of wanting to emulate that, and, like, so, spoiler, and I might just cut this out of the episode, so sorry, fans, if you're not going to hear what I'm about to say. So, spoiler, like, so this whole arc is called like the heroic art and it's going to pretty much focus on um danny nate and jane like how um jane is like in need of like someone to pretty much like be a hero or be like a good role model and influence and that's you're gonna see that throughout the rest of like this arc and then the next like little arcs that i do for the yeah. overall like main arc so She's going, like, unlike Lambert, the goat who just disappeared after a chapter, she's going to be, like, a mainstay for a little while. So, we'll see how that comes. Like, <laughs> yeah, one tier for Lambert, which is the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you're going to see a little bit more of her. I'm going to try to work her in a bit more. So, anywho. Well, I mean, I've already finished this part of the story. So, she's worked in a bit more. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. that's my story. All right. You ready for my, uh, you ready for my chapter? Yeah, let's go into it. Okay, so I want to make some notes real quick about yours. That's, this is a good thing. Uh -oh. I'm reading a book right now, and I was talking to one of my friends about it. And something that I said is I actually wish the pace of the book was slower and that it was longer. Because, like, this series of books that I'm reading right now, everything happens at, like, breakneck speed. Yeah. So you never get a chance to have, like, quiet, slow moments with characters to get to know each other. I like that your story has lulls because it gives a chance for characters to interact in a way that isn't, like, in response to immediate bad you know it's like yeah. there's time when they're like things are fine and they're just doing their job and i actually appreciate that i think that's a good yeah. idea so 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 like that's one thing i noticed and one thing i wouldn't like do a little bit more with like how i'm going to continue this story is like the first especially since we did it for the podcast the first like 10 chapters well 13 now are like very very quick like oh hey he gets attacked by this monster he joins this organization they save a time traveling goat well sorry time stopping goat they um go to a hospital and like find out about this mystery with this doctor and then like it happens like story 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 and there's some moments where they like can you know sit down and talk but not much so i wanted to like kind of lengthen this like back half of like this first book that i'm doing quote unquote yeah to like be those moments where like oh you get to see them actually be friends you get to see them work a mission from like start to finish you get you get to see what happens when and i'm gonna bleep this out when to start yeah. off you're, you're gonna see that and like it's it's going to be more character work and like see the character like how he deals with working at this paranormal investigation agency because like he, you start with almost dying and then he joins like but the fear of dying like dealing with like being a monster hunter never really leaves and i want to deal with that more and you're gonna see that yeah. coming up in the next like 
what three or four chapters that I have. It's probably going to be like multiple episodes of the show because every chapter coming is like ten to eighteen pages. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying that. So yeah, I you. think it's something that I should have done and might go. I need to think about how to work in because I think that my pace is. I'm writing it like I only have ten chapters and I have more than that. So yeah, you have anyways. as many as you want, dude. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I want it to be. I want to have more moments to like deal with the characters. And so, it's just a. It's a. Yeah. It's a word of praise for your story that well, I yeah, like that you're I stretching out the pace a little bit to allow more characters. Well, and that's so. the sheer difference between writing for a specific project on the show that was we said when we started it is going to be ten chapters. No. Yeah. More, short no story. Less. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference between doing that and then doing like the rules now are we're gonna write something every week and talk about it. Yep. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, so this is right after um, Leonard and Maybe. Liv got to, got to the library. I sat alone, my hand, my head in my hands, angry, confused, and a bit scared. I knew those two were hiding something from me, but I guess they just didn't really feel like ser- sharing. And sitting in a place with Helen silently judging me from the circulation desk was not helping. <laughs> so... So far, Bolivia has been a grumpy cowboy, hillbilly farmers, and murderous goats. Past me really screwed me on this one. Not a big fan of the library, eh? I looked up and just felt like groaning. A tall, thin man was standing next to my table, looking very much like a fish out of water in the library. He wore torn black jeans and a black tank top with some kind of shield on it with swords and axes scattered all around. It took me a second to realize that was an album cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of his exposed skin was covered in complicated-looking tattoos. Knives and fire and devil faces and dice and cars and, ugh, of course, demonic pinup girls twisted up his arms and covered his neck. I he know had long this guy. Dark- <laughs> I, I absolutely know this guy. I, have, you straight, I straight up ripped him off a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I literally know this I will, guy. I will actually send you a video of Yeah, him. yeah, send me a video after you finish because I know this guy. <laughs> He had long, dark hair, brown, almost black eyes, and a wide mouth. His lips, nose, eyebrows, and ears were covered in piercings, but his face looked just calm. He looked kind of droopy or tired. Um, I think it's mostly that she is not a big fan of me. I gestured at Helen and winced. I am fine with the concept of books. He grinned a wide-toothed smile, making his somewhat alarming face suddenly seem far more friendly, and sat down across from me, seemingly perfectly comfortable in this very sterile library. So tell me, what concepts you like? I'm a huge fan of concepts. I rolled my eyes. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, oh, I'm Nick. It's nice to meet you. Well, Nick, I am Liv. I guess I just mean that being around books doesn't bother me. I'm fine with them. I just don't like being here because it seems like the old lady wants to kill me. Yeah, that tracks. I'm generally a people person, so she loves me. But I can't imagine you're the type that gives a bad first impression. Oh, really? Well, then tell me, what was your first impression then? My first impression of you? Well, be careful there. The truth can hurt, you know. Oh, please. I'm sure I can take it. All right, then. Well, you came here with Lennon, so you're new to town. You'll also look like you've been walloped upside the head, and Leonard seems stressed. The old lady hates you because you probably said something rude, and then there's the smell. Excuse me? Yeah, the smell. Sulfur. My guess is that you mouthed off to the wrong demon that you were worshipping or trying to bind. It got bent out of shape, clocked you on the head, then you made a break for it to come here hoping to find refuge. That, that, that might actually be true. 
And you could tell that just by how I smelled. Well, I'm extra normal, so I have a sense about these things. What, are you some kind of demon groupie? Oh, no, not at all. I just sold my soul so I could do magic. <laughs> I just stared open-mouthed. Oh, don't judge me just because I was a stupid teenager. Look, 16-year-olds are not known for their good sense. But I can't be the only sorcerer you've ever met. Uh, I'm afraid you are the only sorcerer I've ever met. So what then? I just assumed you were making a deal with something evil for some kind of power. Was it for something like singing a good looks? I didn't sell my soul, or at least not that I know of. Oh, well, you'd know. It's pretty dramatic. I don't think you'd miss it. There was blood and candles and daggers. It was an event. Huh. Yeah, well, I don't remember any of that, so I guess it didn't happen. Wait. Was that a line? Was that a that was a line, wasn't it? This is your actual move? What? Did you sell your soul for looks? You should be embarrassed. Oh, come on. It's possible. I sold my soul and I look like this. I could have wrapped up eternal good looks in the deal. Eh, you're doing fine. Maybe just one less facial facial piercing. Just one. Hey, each of these tells a detailed story with emotional weight. Oh, oh, what does that third ring in your right ear mean? I was 18. I liked metal and I had a beer and my friends had needles. Oh, great story. But, okay, if not to feed me more demonic themed pickup lines, what are you actually doing coming over here? Well, I figured you might be a new sorcerer, or a demon groupie as you put it. There aren't that many of us, and you seem well-adjusted. So, you looked pretty normal and clearly had some experience, I thought we could be friends. Aw, you wanted a friend with demonic good looks? I'm gonna regret that for a long time, aren't I? And yes, but for real, who'd you do a deal with? No, no idea, Nick, I actually can't remember. Oh, did you sell your me whoa, sorry. Did you sell your memory to a demon? Well, I don't know, Nick. That's kind of a self-defeating loop, isn't it? All I know is I showed up here and this robot goat was trying to kill me. Hmm. Nick starts flipping through a big book filled with pictures of all manner of horrible creatures. This here is your beastie, then. What? Yeah, that is. What is that? Oh, love, bad news. I'm afraid them is the gophers of the devil in the city. What? <laughs> the devil? Well, no, not the only devil, but the devil of the city. <laughs> I sold my soul to a demon of the wild. Different demons, different deals. So, you're tied to the city, and you can't remember nothing, and you got old Leonard as a babysitter. Oh, it's gonna be a weird winter. Wow, you really are a demon groupie. Oh, please. We call ourselves hoofies. I choked up, and started man. laughing. You shut the hell that up. Is <laughs> you take that and you stupidest. shut up. You stop. <laughs> you, you know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing, you old dick. <laughs> that, that was really good. That is the stupidest. Shh. Sorry, Alan. I can't help that I'm charming. The old lady scowled at the two of us and Nick just shakes his head giving me a look of mock worry, sorry, with a look of mock worry on his face. You are gonna lose me, my well-earned reputation. Nick, what can I do for you? You, Leonard? Not a thing. I'm just over here talking to another fan of demons. Us hoofies have to stick together. That is still just the worst joke. I look up and see Leonard... I look and see Leonard looking absolutely terrified, and the smile slides off my face. 
He's holding a mountain of books, most of which look normal, but a few are the bound in leather and inked in blood type. He jumps when we make eye contacts, eye contact and drops the books all over the table with a loud crash. I can see it in his face. Oh, I can see it in his face when he won't hold my gaze. Guilt. You knew? What? You knew I sold my soul and that's why I can't remember shit. What the hell, Leonard? Shh. I swear to God I will sew those old lips up, Helen. Sorry, Helen. Just a bad day. Give us a minute. Live. No, I don't think you sold your soul. She smells like sulfur, Leonard. I know that, Nick. Oh, so you did know. No, well, yes. Shoot. Rachel had a hunch. Gosh darn, Nick. You just couldn't help yourself, could you? Oh, don't blame me, old man. I just thought she was interesting. Okay, boys. Care to share with me, please? Leonard sighs and pulls out a particularly evil-looking book made of an angry and reddish-looking burnt leather. Oh, the leaves were stained and written in an evil-looking script. He flips through pages and pages until he finds... Uh, flips through pages and pages until he finds a specific page. Wow, I hate that sentence now that I'm reading it out loud. And starts... Do you ever do that where you say the same word too many times yes, in the sentence? Yes, And you I've don't realize going it until back you read the sentence? going back and deleting out some of the same <laughs> words like, I say. I said page 15 times in this yeah, sentence. My, my word that I say a lot is just. Everything is just yeah. this or just. So I went and deleted like hundreds of I struggle of with filler words. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, he finds a specific page and starts to read from the unintelligible, unintelligible script. Denizens of the city are particularly vile and dangerous. Like most demonic kingdoms, they seek to gain power by seducing mortals with promises of rewards. Right. So she made a deal. However, mortals that have made deals with the devil in the city always are changed. They give up free will for power and skill. However, this always comes with the s- this always comes with sickening modifications to their bodies. This is how the city controls them by winding enchanted metal and electronics through their bodies. You don't look like that goat thing that attacked you, so I'm guessing you're not just a mortal that tried to sell their soul. Aye. A soulless or rare and dangerous breed. Sure, Nick, you are very scary, but that's not the point. You are disturbing the books. You may check out and leave or you will pay a fine. Nick and Leonard both looked pale, staring at tiny old Helen like she was about to kill all of us. She had just shuffled over and had her hands planted firmly on her hips which did give her the effect of making it seem like one stiff breeze would knock her over and a second would send her to her grave. But Nick and Leonard were both speechless. Nick was just crying silent tears and Leonard's mouth was just opening and closing as his face turned from pale to ashen. You know what, Helen? I'll just go. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be a pain. I'll just go. I walked past the two terrified men and made my way out of the library. The overly clean exterior made my skin crawl. just felt so unnatural to me. So I walked across the street and knocked some ice, some iced over and grayish sludge off the bench and sat down, folding my arms and jiggling my leg to try to keep warm. I bounced for a minute, but was too on edge and hopped to my feet, started pacing, kicking chunks of dirty ice that had been knocked onto the sidewalk by passing cars. I had to get my memory back, so I was getting sick of feeling like everyone else knew more about me than I did. And also them just casually deciding not to share any of that information with me was getting pretty old. As I paced, snow started to fall around me, dead silent. 
It felt more like I was looking through fog as snow grayed my vision out to the point where I felt like I would fallen into a void. I could just make out the front of the library across the road. It felt like a dream that melted into a nightmare as I saw another goat loping out of the snow. Not in a hurry, not rushing me, just pacing slowly out of the gray. My legs turned to jello and I stumbled backwards, very aware I had no weapons. The monster stood between me and the library, motionless as a statue, eyes glowing with electric fire. Then, in silence, two more appeared out of the snow, in a wide and in a wide arch, ensuring I couldn't easily make a run for it, began to slowly advance. Mm. They would kill me if I didn't do something. I couldn't run, but I might be able to get them to attack. I caught my foot on a rock and fell backwards hard on the sidewalk. The moment I lost my footing, the broken metallic goats lunged for me. Right before claws and hooves could tear into me, I rolled under the leaping beast and hopped up to my feet and made a run for Leonard's truck and my slug gun. I knew it wasn't going to be enough. The truck was too far and they were too fast. My feet slipped in the snow and I felt like I was running in slow motion in a nightmare. My stomach felt like ice as the horror of the inarguable next attack came crushing in on me. I heard the beast leap and smelled sulfur as my fear was replaced with the immediate knowledge that I had to fight. I spun to see the broken metallic jaws of a monster inches from my face, then a glowing orange blur and boiling heat and the boiling heat of a gush of fire knocked the monster aside at the last moment. I heard shouting from the library, where's your gun, Leonard? It's in the truck. Where do you think? Well, get to your truck then. I heard hissing and looked around to see snow boiling to steam as tongues of fire poured from Nick. The smell of sulfur was thick enough almost to make me wretch. But for the time being, Nick seemed to be okay. Yeah. Uh, I could see I could see the shadow of robotic goats and the glowing aura of Nick's flames dancing in the snow. And I tore after Leonard, both of us making it to the truck at the same time. Leonard, live! Get your gun! Get your gun! Right. I began to assemble my slug gun as Leonard hurriedly prized his little rifle out of the gun rack and started loading. Can Nick handle those things all at once? Uh, not forever. Far off and denned by the snow, we heard a cry of pain that sounded a lot like Nick. Ah, shoot! Get in the back, Liv, and take this! I hopped in the bed with Leonard's gun as he slid into the driver's seat, fired up the truck, and stomped on the gas. The wheels spun as the truck slid in a half circle through the snow, now facing towards the monsters, dancing around Nick. Leonard gunned the engine. The lurch of the acceleration was delayed by snow and ice, but then the truck caught traction and flew forward. Leonard! What? Leonard! What? Bad idea! Bad idea! Bad idea! Bad idea! The truck smashed into a goat, throwing it onto the steps of the library. Nick, get in! Nick leapt into the back of the truck. He had a few bleeding cuts on his arms. Um... Oh, and what almost seemed like mild burns on his hands and face. Leonard took off, two of the goats chasing after the truck, seemingly not at all troubled to be running 45 miles an hour through the snow. Are you okay? Is Helen okay? I think we left one of those things back at the library. Just then, one of our pursuers leapt at the back of the truck. I rolled onto my back. Again, repeated words, kill me. I rolled onto my back with Leonard's rifle while Nick let out another blast of flame. As I looked over, I realized he was breathing fire by exhaling some kind of gas then lighting it with a small flame that danced around his fingers. Did you sell your soul so you could breathe fire like a dragon? Nick just stared at me and smiled, his dark eyes a mix of sheepishness and pride. Yeah, but it's pretty metal though, right? Oh my god, what is wrong with you? 
And that is the end of my chapter. I I, I love that. It is like, do you sell your soul so you can re fire like a dragon? Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> the, not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna level with you. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I really, I really like the characters that you did in this. I like the interactions. I, I like the whole thing with Nick. I hate you for doing the hoofies thing because, or hoovies or whatever you call them, because that actually made me mad. That pun of like demons have hooves, and so they be calling hoofies if you're the uh, freaking um groupie for them. Like that, that makes that makes me very upset. Very clever. I, very I good. Loved, I, I well, like. It. I just like. It's fun to write banter. So yeah, like, I enjoy this guy. He's like, "Oh, you're a demon groupie." Like, we're called Hoofies. <laughs> like, yeah, because because oh a demon gosh. groupie would absolutely do that. <laughs> it's just like we're not oh. just demon groupies. We're uh, Hoofies. So I found out I enjoy writing flirty banter. Yeah, I know. So I was gonna say, are you turning this into a romance? Is that what's happening? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, not not even remotely subtly. Yeah. Yeah. So that guy's the romance, huh? Yeah, it's obviously, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's obviously not Winnered. No, no. It is, it is more than obviously not Winnered. Winnered? But um, yeah, no, I, I liked it. I, I, thought, I thought you did a very, 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 very I I really enjoyed writing the dialogue. I just wanted to keep writing more. So that that was fun. It was a good time. I enjoyed writing this chapter a lot. You did a, you did a very good job on it. I still feel like, I don't know, I struggle with, like, two things, and that is, like, my, it's always my You're prose. I like writing dialogue. I don't like writing prose, you know? I don't I don't yeah. like the just descriptions of things. So I try to skip past that as fast as possible, but that's not the right way to do it either. So, I don't know. I struggle with this. Yeah, I trust me, I get you. Um, the one thing that I'm, like, trying to balance is, like, dialogue versus, like, descriptions. Because I, I get to a point where I'm just like, oh, yeah, this character has just been talking in his own head for the last, like, like page and a half. Maybe I should, like, have someone talk. But then it's like, well, then I just break up the freaking um, story into so many, like, mini conversations between Nate and Danny. It's like, because I like writing conversations between those two characters because they would be like really good friends and just like randomly start talking about random stuff in the middle of like these jobs so i don't know it's, it's hard i get you. well and i think that's like i think that's a better way to do it honestly like i i think that having most of the story be through dialogue to me that's a more engaging way to write it but yeah. you know that's <sighs> that's just me so that's an opinion yeah yeah well i mean yes most of the things we say about each other's stories are opinions. <laughs> That's how that no, kind of works. No, usually buddy. I speak in only facts, all right? I, I, I speak only truths, for I am the truth seer. <laughs> the one <laughs> known as Cody. All right, I actually kind of like that description of me, so I'm going <laughs> to tr- The truth seer. Well, yeah. sorry, Cody the truth seer is not the name of this episode. It's actually one tier for Lambert. Which is also my new band. <laughs> One Tier for Lambert. That, that's my new new band with the new title track of the title album, One Tier for Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like it. I like doing, doing uh, story stuff with you. Man, it's going to be so difficult in the coming weeks to like try to find like story breaks in my um thing. So we'll see. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. But yeah, I think I think we're good. I think it's time to end the All episode. Right. So, Cody, All right. um, what are your plugs? Check me out. I stream on Tuesday nights at wandering underscore gamers, twitch.tv. Uh, right now we're playing SimCity. Yes, I will say oh I my really gosh. enjoyed that uh, stream. 
Jordan, I've never been more angry at Caitlin than I was. Caitlin, if you're listening to this episode, screw you for making me turn disasters on and ruining my whole life. So so, so that's the thing. Like, I was really happy when I got on. Like, the one thing he said is like, oh, yeah, I'm having way more fun with this game than I thought it would. Because I was so scared I was going to get on and watch you play. You're going to be like, this is the worst game ever. I hate this. And like, because I remember Sin City in such a positive light because we had, like I said, I think last episode, we had like the Sim 2000 package with Sim City, Sim Copter. But Sim City is what we spent most of our time in. Um, Yeah. And yeah, with disasters, what we would do is we would make a metropolis and then we would destroy it with natural disasters. Well, and so what it is, is, I've never When I was watching, you got hit with like four disasters all at once. Well, what happened was I had disasters off and then I spawned a lizard like a like a Godzilla, Godzilla monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but that turned on random disasters and then they just started slamming the city. You got and hit like, like four times in a row. No! Like, yeah. like you like there was a tornado, then an earthquake and then a fire. I'm like, oh, my God, Cody. The fire was my fault. Oh, that's, OK. So that wasn't a natural fire. disaster. That was just you. I underfunded the fire department because and of they just let money. houses burn because they were mad at you. It wasn't even that yeah. they didn't have the equipment. They're just like, no, no, no. We're going to let this burn. So next week we're playing SimCity 2000 or this coming week. Whatever. I don't know yeah, what yeah. it is anymore. I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. This episode's going to come out after next week. So we so at that, that point, we'll probably be playing SimCity 3000. <laughs> oh, there's a 3000? Hold on. Yeah, there's SimCity, SimCity 2000, SimCity 3000 Unlimited, SimCity 4, and then SimCity again. SimCity's great. I'm glad you're streaming. I'm glad that I can like pop in and watch you do your thing every now and then and watch, you know, Caitlin chill and make fun of you while you try to like have like so like you angry. try to play a game either oh god, watching you guys do the Nancy Drew game was so funny. Cause that game is <gasps> so obtuse. That game is just so obtuse. I was so mad. It's such when, a bad game. Watching her play Scopa for an hour. Oh, <gasps> So, I, I mean, I hope you guys keep playing them. I and, like, I know you're doing, like, the totally irrelevant. There's some irrelevant games that I will, like, suggest to you because, you know, games that no one will. Oh, please do. Yeah. 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 But it, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing. I'm glad. I mean, hey, I'm having fun. Play yeah, hours fun. and hours of Load Runner. That, that's the freaking. Oh, it's like a little, like, platforming game, like, all the way back in, like, 92, I think is when it came out. It's very old. But yeah, Load Runner's right. Um, anyways. You can check me out at something guess zero zero at twitch.tv where every Wednesday is about um, 5.30 Mountain Time, um, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, 4.30 Pacific Time. We do We Belong, the anime talk show where we, you know, just sit down and we have a nice little chat about everything anime. Last week we, well, yeah, this past week we did music in anime like talking about how music interacts with media and i explained like light motifs um diegetic non-diegetic music um character themes like the importance of music as a place setting for anime and other medias and we did a little fun game you can watch the vod of it it was really fun we did this little fun game where we took a scene from fully coolie and then we put different music over it to see how like that changed the feel of the scene so we did the scene where um uh, Mamimi is on the bridge and like Naoto goes to, like meet her and she, like she like looks at him and like they have like this conversation about like why she's like upset but we put attack on titan music behind that and so it went from like this like nice little conversation to like when she turns and looks at him because the music's so intense it looks like she's going to attack him and it was very very <laughs> fun to see like what different music does for each character like for each for the same scene and that, that was a fun little experiment we did 
And um, then you can check out my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, where we talk about diversity and nerd culture. Um, Leah's going on hiatus, so there won't be any new episodes. But please go and listen to the backlog. We've done a lot of fun episodes. We finished our um, second season and have about 35 out. So please check that out. And other than that, you can check out um, every now and then I do um, the Chaos Fiction Theater on twitch.tv forward slash flum, where we read the worst of the worst fan fictions ever. But yeah, that's all I got. Thank you cool. all for listening, and we will catch you all what on the flip side. Bye. Bye.